Yeah, I'm Jim Nolan. I'm a private investigator working for my dad's firm in Boston. Perhaps you've heard of dad, Albert Nolan? A lot of his cases were written up in PI Magazine. He and Gladys, that's my mother, have been running this office since I was in high school. Now dad is missing. He hasn't returned from investigating the Laurel case up in Maine. I've come back to work with mom until he returns. He will return. I will find him. It's only a matter of time. Misfits Audio is proud to present Jim Nolan, Private Eye. This episode is entitled, A Killing in Real Estate. Say, Jim... Your office has quite a few new listings in the paper today. Huh? What, Mom? Office? Real estate. Remember your real job? Oh, sure. I I was wool gathering for a minute. Say, you know what? The old Martin place is for sale. That's a nice fixer-upper you might consider. I wonder if Trudy would mind living so far outside of town. But I might get a break on it since I'm a broker. And it's even listed with your office. Say, it's pretty slow in here today. I've already been to the bank, and I'm just catching up on paperwork now. Why don't you take Trudy out there and have a look? I'll hold down the fort. Hmm, it couldn't hurt. Thanks, Mom. We'll go take a look. Jim Nolan is contemplating a major purchase, a first home for himself and his fiancée, Trudy Williams. But as you know, nothing ever goes as planned for our private eye as we'll soon learn in this episode of Jim Nolan, Private Eye, A Killing in Real Estate. Well, this is it. Sure is peaceful and quiet out here. Kinda run down, don't you think? Nothing that a little TLC wouldn't fix. Some paint, some new shrubs. Some new siding. Let's go see if the owner's at home. Gee, the driveway's pretty much grown up. These bushes will have to be cut. Whoa, whoa, Trudy, look out for that nest. It's hanging nearly in the driveway. That'll have to go for sure. It sure will. I don't like bees. Not bees, wasps. They make those football-shaped nests. Let's give that one a wide berth. Hello. May I help you? Mrs. Reynolds, I'm Jim Nolan from Trainer Associates, the real estate firm you listed with. This is Trudy Williams, my fiancé. If you don't mind, we'd like to see your house. My goodness! The advertisement just went in the paper. Why, certainly, come on in. What a nice young couple. Thank you. This first room on the right is the parlor. And finally, this is the larger bedroom. I'd guess you'd call it the master bedroom. 
They didn't build many closets back then, did they? Oh, I never needed many. I was never a clothes horse, unlike my neighbor Blanche. She was always buying more and more clothes. We can put some in, sweetie. We'll have to do some renovations, too, but we can probably add whatever we need. I could spend some sweat equity, you know. Oh, <laughs> you sound like my Harold. He was always building something, repairing something, or splitting wood. For heat? You mean you burn wood? Oh, yes. It's a bit of a bother, but it's great. After Harold died, I, I thought I'd have to put in an expensive heating system, but Ernie, that's my neighbor, said he'd just keep on cutting and splitting wood for us both. He carries it in for me, too. He's been a real godsend. You can see the pile he's made in the yard from this window. Pile? That's more like a mountain. Did he split all that? It's enormous. Oh, yes. He moved it from beside the house to where you see it now because he said bugs could get into the house from it. And uh, something about the airflow being better so the wood would dry quicker? I don't know a lot about it, but, but he does. That sure is some stack. You've got enough for several winters. I think splitting it kept him busy and helped him get over Blanche leaving him. But I think he secretly expects she'll come back one day. Poor man. Then I hope she does. He must be some kind of lumberjack. But I think if we bought the place, Trudy would insist on a modern heating system, wouldn't you, Trude? Oh, I sure would. I'd much prefer to turn up a thermostat than to get wood from a wood pile. Or to go out in the snow in the winter for wood. Burr! Hmm. You know, if we sold all that wood, we would have room to put in a swimming pool right there and could use the money to pay for some of it. I know you've always wanted a pool, Trudy. Really, Jimmy? Oh, gosh. I'd be ever so happy. When Henry moved away, it was just Harold and me. But we were happy out here in the country. I think the only problem we had was the time I got stung. But Harold got me to the hospital in time. You're allergic to bee stings? My stars, yes. Of course, I didn't know it then, but I got dizzy and my throat sort of closed up. The ER people said that was a sure sign. Since that day, I've had venom therapy, and I keep an epinephrine kit in my kitchen drawer, just in case. Haven't had to use it, though. <laughs> Do you know you have a great big nest right near your driveway? I've seen it. But I don't bother them, and they don't bother me. Besides, I always get in my car well away from them and then drive right past them. I'd get rid of that nest to be sure if I were you. Well, Mrs. Reynolds, thank you for allowing us in to look at your home. I'll talk to my associates in my bank and see if I can make you an offer. I'll leave my card so you'll remember us. I'm working with my mom just now, so if you call the real estate office, you won't catch me there. Call the number on this card instead. Jim Nolan, private investigator. Nolan Investigations. <gasps> Why, you're a private eye. I just love mysteries, don't you? My favorite detective is Ellery Queen. That Jim Hutton is a cutie. And David Wayne's not bad either. 
Uh, yes. Well, we must be going. Ready, Judy? Thank you again, Mrs. Reynolds. You're both very welcome. Let me see you out. Well, what do you think? Could we be happy there, way out in the country? Oh, Jimmy, with you in a pool, I could be happy anywhere. Then I'll see what the bank says on Monday. We might be in luck. <laughs> I'll cross my toes if it'll help. Sell this place? Lillian, are you out of your mind? Ernie, I don't see what's the problem. It's a nice place, and you've been a great neighbor to help me with it. But I'm getting older. I'd like to get something smaller that's closer to town. Blanche wouldn't like it. <laughs> Why in the world would you say that? You know as well as I do that Blanche left you, and she's not coming back. Well, I, I don't think it's fair to me to sell this place. Or, or Henry. Henry? <laughs> My son moved so he wouldn't have to live here. He doesn't care about it. If he owned this place, he wouldn't care if it fell down. He's too happy bumming around Key West trying to be Jimmy Buffett. And there's a nice young couple interested in it already. If I sold it, you wouldn't have to split so much wood. Wood's not a problem for me. It keeps me busy. I like to split wood, but it's not right. Blanche won't like it. <sighs> Blanche, Blanche, Blanche. She's gone, Ernie. You told me yourself. Ran off, you said. Remember all those fights you two had over her things? Too many clothes, you said. Bad cooking, you said. Spending too much money, you said. So, she left. She's gone. And as far as my property is concerned, and it is mine, the subject is closed. I'm selling this house, and I don't care what Blanche would say, even if she does come back. Well, I don't like it, and you can't sell it. Jeez, I wonder whatever's got into him. I thought he'd be happy for me. Hmm. I wonder if it's time for a full moon. Ah, well, he'll get used to the idea. Sell her place, huh? Blanche won't mind, huh? She can't sell it, and I'm going to see that she doesn't. Gotta be quiet. Don't want Lillian to hear me. Just tiptoe across the kitchen and... There it is. I'll just take you with me. You're not gonna sell, Lillian.
Good morning, Nolan Investigations. May I help you? Oh, Lieutenant Carmichael, it's good to hear from you. Yes, yes, Jim's here. Just a minute. Jim, it's Lieutenant Carmichael, and he's all business. I think it's important. Hello, Lieutenant. What's going on? Jeez, Jim. We've known each other for years. Don't you think you could call me Walt? Sure, Walt. I can do that. How can I help you? Jim, were you out to the Lillian Reynolds place recently? Sure was. Trudy and I went there and talked to Mrs. Reynolds about buying it. She listed it with my real estate firm. She's a nice lady. Yes, well, now she's a nice, dead lady. What? Thought you'd like to know. Her neighbor reported finding her earlier this morning when he stopped by. His name wouldn't be Ernie, would it? Matter of fact, it is. Ernie Fowler. How'd you know? He was outside splitting wood when we were there. Sounds like he was sweet on her. He sure took care of her since her husband died. She told us all about him. What happened to her? Probably a heart attack. No signs of a break-in. Nothing taken that we can tell. Looks like nothing was disturbed. The neighbor didn't see or hear anything. But we'll know more after the medical examiner takes a look. I've got people there now. Gee, I'm sorry to hear that. I guess this will put our home plans on hold until this gets sorted out. Might take a while. I wouldn't hold my breath. I'll have to tell Trudy. She was looking forward to working on her tan around the pool. Pool? I don't remember a pool. Just a big pile of wood. It's a long story. But if we bought the place, that's where the swimming pool would have gone. I see. Well, I thought you'd like to know, since we found your card on her kitchen table. I left it with her so she could call me at Nolan Investigations. Okay, Jim. Gotta go. Wish I had better news. Thanks, Walt. Appreciate it. Keep me posted. Mrs. Reynolds? Yes, she's dead. And we were just there. She was so alive. Oh, hi, Jim. What'd you call for, Walt? I thought it was a simple heart attack. So did I. Doc says I should keep my day job. Reynolds died of anaphylactic shock, the result of being stung multiple times. He says it was pretty bad, even though there were few external signs. I thought you might want to look around and tell us everything looks like it did when you were here. Anaphylactic shock? We spoke about that when we were here. She kept one of those bee sting kits in the straw. It's not here. Maybe she moved it. Roscoe, stop. I know she told me she always kept it there, never had to use it. Maybe she did when she was stung. No one's found it. That's odd. Say, what's the dog doing here? My sedan's in the shop. Paladino has the canine unit, and I caught a ride out with her. Paladino, what's wrong with Roscoe? I don't know, Lou. I think he wants uh, to go out. Well, take him out, then. Yes, sir. What have we here? Find something? Not sure. It looks like 
some wrinkled grey paper, sorted like tissue paper. Wait a minute. Sergeant! Would you look on the side of the driveway and tell me if there's a big wasp nest hanging from the tree? I don't see one, sir. Thanks. What's that tell you? I'm not sure. There was a big wasp nest on the side of the driveway when Trudy and I were here. We even talked about it, but now it's gone, and I'd better nickel this paper was part of it. So how did it get in the house? I have no idea. Morgan, bag this and get it back to the lab. Yes, sir. Let's go out and talk to that neighbor again. Lead the way. Nice place. Yes, we liked it a lot. It would take some work, but we were hoping to make an offer on it. Paladino, that dog crazy today or what? Let him sniff around. Maybe he'll find something. Hope it's not a skunk. Yes, sir. He's, he's not leaving me much of a choice anyway. So, Mr. Fowler, you found Mrs. Reynolds. I did. What a shock. Lillian was my only friend. Since Harold died, I've looked out for her. Did chores, errands, just took care of what she needed. You know, hang a pitcher, unstop a drain. Make sure she's got enough wood for winter. You must be expecting a hard winter. I like to cut wood. It gives me time to think. No one bothers you when you're cutting wood. I guess not. When did you last see Mrs. Reynolds? Yesterday afternoon when I was in her yard working. She brought me out some lemonade. And what time was that? Oh, maybe four o'clock. I don't wear a watch. Chopping wood does a number on watches. I'm sure. Did you know she was allergic to bee stings? Uh-huh. She had one of those kids. I remember back when she got stung and Harold ran her to the ER. That was a long time ago. But she was still allergic. I guess so. Did you cut down the wasp nest near her driveway? It's gone. I didn't know it was cut down. Evidently, someone did because it's gone. It wasn't me. I was splitting wood all afternoon. We can see that. We won't bother you anymore today. But if you think of anything, call me on the number on this card. I will. Thank you, officer. What'd you think? Why would that nest go missing at the same time as Reynolds gets stung? I don't know. But maybe a clue will turn up. Let's hope so. Something isn't right. Good morning, Nolan Investigations. How may I help you? Oh, Lieutenant Carmichael. How nice to hear from you again. Are you looking for Jim? He's right here. Jim, it's Walter Carmichael. Hi, Walt. Any news on the Reynolds death? That uh, gray paper you found at the Reynolds house was from a nest of Vespula vulgaris, wasps. 
comprised mostly of wood pulp. How it got into the house is still a mystery. Miss Riddle's house needed work, but it was clean and tidy, neat as a pen you could eat off a floor. I got a call from my men at the scene. They found the nest. The missing wasp nest? Where was it? Thrown on top of a trash pile in a hole on Fowler's property. What did Fowler say about that? He still claims he didn't cut it down or throw it there. Now what? It's on its way to the lab. It's got a flat side as if it was flattened purposely. Let me tell you, my men had a time retrieving it. It still had some angry wasps in it. Anyone stung? Jenkins got it on the elbow, but he was the only one and he's not allergic. <laughs> Believe it or not, the guys were saved when Harris lit up one of his stogies and blew enough smoke around the nest to slow the wasps down. Then it was just bag and tag. I'll be taunt. Good morning, Nolan Investigations. How may I help you? Lieutenant Carmichael, this is getting to be routine. You must have found something already. Hold on just a minute. Jim, Walter Carmichael on two. I won't. Hi, Jim. I've got to remember to give the lab techs commendations. They stayed late to work on that nest. Find anything? Something I didn't expect. They found a fiber that matches Lillian Reynolds' throw rug. No kidding. They tell me it looks like the whole nest was tossed into the room. Those wasps were probably mad as hornets and stung the first person they found. Lillian Reynolds. Yep. But why? She was a widow kept to herself, lived alone, didn't look like she had any money to speak of. Heck, she's probably one of the last people on the planet who heats with wood. About that wood pile. What about it? Something funny about it. Out in the middle of the yard. Paladino's dog went nuts when he got to it. Wouldn't leave it alone. Scratching, barking, clawing his way into it. We had to hold him back because we were afraid he'd cause it to avalanche on himself. Why do you suppose he did that? I'm not sure, but we're going to find out. I have my boys checking it out. You don't mean... Oh, yes, I do. Moving all the wood and restacking it in a different place, that's got to be something in it or under it. I'm going to go out to check on their progress. Want to meet me there? Sure. This case is getting more interesting by the minute. Sir, I think we found something. What's it look like? Can't say for sure. Roscoe won't leave it alone. The more wood the boys move, the harder Roscoe tries to get to it. To what? We don't know, sir, but Roscoe has worked in the past as a cadaver dog. We're afraid there might be a body in there. Under the wood? Yes, sir. So now it's a multiple homicide. Looks like it might be. Where's Fowler? We took him in under protective custody. In the meantime, we're searching his house and yard. You think he's involved? Gotta be. Finding that nest sure helped. We know what was inside the house, and leaves no doubt as to how Mrs. Reynolds died. Sounds premeditated to me. Motive? 
We won't know that until we're done questioning him. Anything I can do? Since your sharp eyes broke the case, help my men with the search of Fowler's place and see if anything turns up. I'll go see about that wood pile. Will do. That's one smart dog you have there, Sergeant. <laughs> Thank you, sir. He's a big pushover, aren't you, boy, as you are? But when it comes to work, he's got one hell of a nose. <gasps> if, if I can say that. You certainly can. How's the uh, search coming? They found something. A shallow grave. Looks like an adult female. Been there several years. I was afraid of that. Waltz, I found it. Found what, Jim? Reynolds. Ready for injection at Pinephrin Kit. It was the bottom of Fowler's kitchen trash. So, he took it. Looks that way. Send it to the lab. It's on its way. The boys sent it out as soon as I found it. Good. As soon as the crime scene unit is done here, they can button it up. I'm on my way back to the station house. Guess I'll go too, unless you need me for something else. Thanks, Jim. You've been a big help. It never hurts to have another pair of eyes on the case. And having an experienced P.I. makes it that much better. Want to come along? I'd like you to be there when we question the suspect. Fine with me. I'll follow you. Lieutenant, can I speak with you? What is it? The suspect, Fowler. He just broke. He's ready to talk, but he wants to talk to you personally. Looks like he's going to make it easy on us. Thanks, officer. We'll take it from here. Yes, sir. He's in room three. Ready, Jim? Yep. Let's go. And Blanche was going to leave me. She was always threatening. She said this time it was for real. I I didn't believe her. She laughed at me. Said I could never take care of her like she deserved. She was never happy. We fought like cats and dogs. And one night in the middle of of a fight, I hit her. I I didn't hit her that hard, but, but she lost her balance and fell. Her head hit the sink. Oh, there was so much blood. She was probably dead before she hit the floor. I I didn't think I'd ever get it all cleaned up. Go on. Late that night, I buried her in the next lot. It belonged to the Reynolds, but they never did anything with it. There were some bushes there that hid the grave. I I made up the story that she left me and and everyone believed it. I I guess they expected she eventually would. Then Harold died and Lillian had no one. I realized that if I moved her woodpile on top of Blanche's grave, no one would ever know. So I've cut and split wood to hide her grave ever since. But why kill Lillian Reynolds? Don't you see? She was going to sell her property and move. And the nice young couple who were interested in it wanted to put in a swimming pool right where I buried Blanche. If they did that, they'd find her. I couldn't let that happen. My God. But with Lillian Reynolds dead, her son would inherit his mother's house and then he might sell it. Nah, Henry hated that place. 
and he was a slacker. He would never go to the trouble of selling it. That was too much like work. Lillian always told me if he had her place, he'd let it rot, and that's exactly what I wanted. We found the wasp nest on your property. And Lillian's beasting kit in your trash. It has your fingerprints on it. I knew she was allergic. Everyone knew it. I just used it so it would look like an accident. Getting stung by a wasp isn't that unusual, right? I snuck in one night and took it out of the drawer where she kept it. She didn't even miss it. Go on. Then the next day, it was a simple matter of cutting the nest down and, and quietly sliding her window open when she was watching her soap operas. I shook it up a bit before I tossed it in on the end of a stick so the wasp would be angry. It hit the wall and fell on the rug. They really got her good. Which explains why it was flat on one side, where it hit the wall. She didn't even have time to open the drawer for that kit, but I'd already taken it. I'd left her where she fell. Several hours later, I went back to her house and got the nest and threw it on my trash pile. I didn't think anyone would go looking for it. Who would want it? Well, we did, and we found it. And you are going away on a double homicide charge. We'll need to have you write all that down, just like you told us. You'd better get started. You've got a lot of writing to do. Nolan Investigations, may I help you? No, thank you. We're not interested. I hate telemarketers. I wish they wouldn't call businesses. You were saying? Lieutenant Carmichael said I broke the case when I noticed that piece from the wasp nest in Mrs. Reynolds' kitchen. Who would have thought that was going to make the difference? I wish I could find such an important clue in Dad's disappearance. You will, son. I have faith in you. Ew. What an awful person, murdering two people. It was a good thing that police dog was there to sniff out that second body. He's a nice dog, too. I told Paladina to be sure that he got an extra dog biscuit. He certainly earned it. If it hadn't been for him, Blanche Fowler's body might never have been found. Until someone wanted to buy it and put in a swimming pool. Ah, yes, that. Carmichael says that Roscoe might even get a medal. Can you imagine? I wonder where you would pin a medal on a dog. Oh, Mom. Even though we liked the Reynolds place, after a double murder there, Trudy and I lost interest in buying it, which means we're still in the market. So, if you have a property to sell in the low range that might be a good start of home that might need a bit of work, give me a call. And if it all pans out, I'll try not to make a case of it. Our special thanks to our regular cast members. Russell Gold as Jim Nolan, Joyce Bender as Gladys Nolan, Brian Bedard as Lieutenant Walter Carmichael, Tracy Hall as Trudy Williams, and Katie Daynert as the narrator. And to our guest stars, Kim Giannopoulos as Lillian Reynolds, H. Keith Lyons as Ernie Fowler, Bernadette Groves as Sergeant Palladino, Deb Adams as Officer Morgan, 
Paul Lavelle as the station officer. Jim Nolan, Private Eye, was created by Mike Murphy and Arlene Osborne. A Killing in Real Estate was written by Arlene Osborne. The Jim Nolan, Private Eye theme was composed and performed by Vivian Dosco. Please hear more of her wonderful music at myspace.com slash Vivian Dosco. That's V-I-V-I-A-N-D-O-S-K-O-W. Producer, Captain John Tabrzak. Assistant producer, Arlene Osborne. Mixer, John Specht. Script editor, Mike Murphy. Webmaster, April Sadowski. Art director, Alexa Chipman. We would also like to thank Captain John Tadrzak of Misfits Audio for airing this show. Arlene Osborne, the author of this story, gratefully acknowledges the inspiration of Mike Murphy in the creation of this series and his continued friendship. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your narrator, Katie Daynard. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2010.